Welcome to Infinite Trek, where we cover everything Star Trek. From animated to live action, comics to novels, from games to real life tech. If it's Star Trek, or even Star Trek adjacent, it's here. So get ready to talk about Trek no matter what your knowledge level is. Whether you've been watching since the 1960s or just discovered Star Trek 47 minutes ago, we, we welcome, welcome you. you. Hello. Hey, welcome to Infinite Trek, our podcast about everything Star Trek, but right now, mostly the lower decks. <laughs> yeah. I'm your host or co-host, Aaron Harvey, with my other co-host, that's not how that works, uh, <laughs> the fantastic Brandy Jacola. Happy Saturday. Hello. Happy Saturday to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a week. Yesterday was a, a whole day that was um, a lot yeah. of things happened, and it ended with an earthquake. Uh -huh. So if I just shake off like off the side or something, it's just another earthquake. Oh no, we know what that feels like here. We get earthquakes. <laughs> we had a big really? one in March, and it produced oh, wow. about uh, three thousand aftershocks. Yeah. I did not know that Colorado. I guess that makes sense. It, it eventually everything has an earthquake somewhere, but. I'm Utah, dude. Utah. Oh, Utah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what am I saying? Colorado. Colorado's next door to me, okay? Still, actually, Utah is like not known for earthquakes, yeah. I imagine. A actually, it is. We have a fault it line is? that runs through the Wasatch Mountains. Uh, okay. Yeah, we get but yeah, so, yeah, so I was sitting there getting all of uh, the Easter eggs and stuff ready, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my stomach's a little bit... Uh, like, oh, no, that's not my stomach. That is the ground moving. And then... The doors flex and and yeah, it was, that was that was a thing. I'm just yeah, like I it's... literally got up and yelled at the earthquake. I'm like, no, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever yeah. done that, and it probably wasn't the wisest thing to do. But that was where yeah. my I was at the end of that day. <laughs> I'm like, nope, sorry. Well, with natural disasters in in general, you feel just completely powerless because there is yeah. nothing you can do. Yeah, nothing. There's a fire bearing down, then there's the earthquake. It's just like, I'm no, mm -hmm. like, and a pandemic. It literally is like a bad novel written in the 80s about the near future. Yeah. 2020 <laughs> is the worst year I've ever lived in. Mm hmm. I would probably have to agree. Mm. <sighs> well, on that cheerful note, <laughs> <laughs> we've done that a couple times. Maybe we need to revise how we enter, enter our you know, episode. It's okay. Sometimes you just need to vent a little bit so you can get to the good stuff. True. And I'm hoping that everybody uh, is really enjoying Lower Decks and Star Trek because this felt like this show was timed perfectly because yeah. having this in my week is just a bright spot. So I'm, I'm super, super thrilled for that. Same. But uh, why did I just pause? Um, <laughs> I'm just. I thought you were frozen. You're no, no, no. You're I, trying no. to be dramatic. Thankfully, That's no, it. no, no. I'm I'm not being badgy. <laughs> Actually, that kind of goes into some news that we have. Um, yes. Everybody basically flooded fan sets with requests for a badgy pin, and it looks like it will be happening by the end of October. <laughs> so Fantastic. We will be getting a smiley badgy pin. And then the murderous, psychotic badgie pin. And hopefully they'll listen to us and give us a screen-loading sort of badgie pin. Yes, that one I would love. <laughs> and from this episode, we have a couple requests as well. Oh, um, yes, at least. Yeah. So I, I really am looking forward to that. And hey, when it comes out, you can actually 
get a discount from from Infinite Trek. We have mm -hmm. our exclusive discount code, which is Infinite Trek, all one word, and that gets you fifteen percent off of your order. I still have to order the uh, pin set from uh, Lower Decks. I haven't had a chance to do that yet. Uh, but yes, you are you're sporting Tendi. Mm -hmm. I have all of them. I bought the whole set of eight. So. I am wearing uh, Lieutenant Eric from the animated series because we have an adosion in today's episode. Yes, we do. So that is pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah, other news though. Um, it's it's funny that we actually now can have a news section. Uh, that there's weekly news of Star Trek, which is kind of it's crazy. a wonderful thing. It I is love wonderful. It. Yes. Uh, there, there's been talk of another movie. Uh, Either a Star Trek Four, not the motion pick, no, not not the, uh, the Voyage Home, but Star Trek Four in the Kelvin universe, which would be yeah. probably with um, Chris, uh, not Chris Evans. That would be interesting. Chris Pine. Uh, Chris, no, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, uh, they there are lots of Chris. Back. There's lots of Chris's, and there's, they're a, like... there's a multitude of Chris, infinite Chris's. Infinite Chris's. I don't know why people get them mixed up visually because they all look like different. People, no, they right? look very different. And Chris Pine to me is sort of the generic good looking guy. He just, <laughs> and, and I thought I was the only one who thought this, but I actually talked with another um, uh, comic book artist and we both had the same issue. Like, how do you make Chris Pine distinctive and not uh, like, basically you have to, to highlight eyebrows and certain things. And then she got the note that's like, no, we can't do that with the eyebrow. Like you need to tone back the eyebrows. She's like, then he's just a guy. It's like, it's really hard to make him look like a specific individual person. And I don't understand why, but he, I mean, obviously he's not so generic that you can't recognize him, but in comic book form, when you're drawing a simplified version, there are not dramatic things that stick out as far as facial structure. Okay. So that was, it. that was interesting. Good to know. Yeah, I had no I, idea. I'm probably not you're going to be doing that, but yes. Um, so that was, I thought that was interesting. But Noah Hawley is the other person talking about another Star Trek movie with a completely different cast. And his, uh, the article that I read in Trek movie was him wanting to basically show how they get from where we are today to the uh, world of the Federation, which I believe we had a series about that. There's there's a whole lot of like he said getting from there to here I'm like hmm that's hmm. even maybe in a theme song somewhere yeah yeah I'm, don't don't I'll start singing it no <laughs> nope nope <laughs> no <I won't. laughs> one day we'll do that I'm sure uh, <laughs> so he wants a challenge to the the Federation in the form of a virus like uh, nope. no. Mm -mm. No, I don't think we need that right mm -hmm. now. I, I understand that Star Trek is very good about taking modern events and, and applying them to the show, but they don't ever do it quite so literally. I think the closest they did come to Enterprise was an Enterprise with the whole Zindi beam cutting across Florida, which was very close to September 11th. But mm -hmm. I think that's maybe as like super close as they get to literally kind of trying to copy that. But I think a virus would be not something that somebody would be really interested in. But that's just my opinion. Maybe that came before... Uh, COVID, who knows? Yeah, but uh, let's not do that because it's just too on the nose at this point. Yeah. I believe so. 
Uh, and then uh, the other bit of news that we have is CBS All Access is going to rebrand next year to Paramount Plus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, that probably doesn't make a big deal. Well, anything that you have this is CBS All Access on it will now be collectible. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I think it's that's kind of cool because maybe we're going to start getting more integration. We'll get more of the Paramount properties and maybe it'll be, it'll be like Disney Plus, I'm assuming. Everything has a plus now. I don't know why they needed to do that. There's at least an alliteration either. with Paramount Plus. You've got the PP. The papa. Yeah. The, the papa. Papa. Yeah. That's what it's going to be now for short, Papa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, in my house. I don't mean for real. I'm just saying in my house. If I say to Dave, hey, you want to watch some Papa? Then he'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, and Dave, speaking of Dave, Dave, uh, the mod is our monitor uh, in the chat room. And he just made a uh, comment that it may affect foreign mar markets mm -hmm. as far as like having that. So uh, I believe yeah. that maybe then things will not be on Netflix if we're going to have like that. Be, you know, I'm assuming that stuff would get pulled off. You know, I don't, I just Possibly. don't know what that means. I think yeah. what they're trying to do is to consolidate everything into one thing mm -hmm. for everywhere. But, yeah. you know, they can't, even with today's technology, they can't roll that out to every market in the world in right. one go. Because yeah. even Disney isn't available in a lot of places still. Yeah. So. It's just, uh, and I think that they proved on their very first day of Disney Plus being live that they were absolutely underprepared for the amount of traffic <laughs> that they were going to have. I remember that. That that was interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that we tried to watch it on that day. I think it was. Oh, I, I, we were trying to download the app onto the Apple TV. I think that's what it was, and it took a couple mm -hmm. couple tries. But yeah, yeah. Their, their servers were not prepared, which is weird because you think that I don't know. It just feels like that's. Every time that they're never prepared, the the public seems to be like, how did you not see that this was going to be a big thing? Yes. So, so this is what I say to all of those companies. As prepared as you think you are, quadruple that. And yep. then you might be prepared. It's like when I'm doing an estimate for work or something. It's like always add at least 20% to the time because something's mm -hmm. going to happen. And you're going to need always. to. Yeah. Always. Always. <sighs> anyway. So, yeah. Uh, but today we are going to mainly talk about uh, much ado about Boimler. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. The dog. And in fact, our, <laughs> yes, the dog. <laughs> I love the dog. For for the the audio version, we we every week we pick like funny middle names basically for our screen cap our screen titles. So I'm Aaron Sparkly Captain Harvey. <laughs> And we have Brandy, boy me up, Jackola. <laughs> we were thinking back, along the same lines. Yes. Our background actually is the the double transporter as well. And then we have, whoops, and then I uh, kind of put the dog in there just hanging out <laughs> up above the, the glowing eyes. As well you should, yes. <laughs> yes the dog. <laughs> the dog. Uh, do you want to give us a recap of uh, the show? Oh, golly, I can. Okay, so we start or, out or with... <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> our cold open actually does have to do with the show again yes it does have to do with the show it's uh <laughs> it's our bridge crew shacks and ransom and 
uh, Captain Freeman training for a really important covert mission to plant seeds. And they're, of course, in the outfits like they were in Chain of Command. Yes. And uh, yeah, they're, you'll see them later in caves and there's a Jellico reference. So there's like uh, so much going on there right away. Is that how that opened? I thought it opened with uh, the, the Lower Decks guys oh, just dragging yeah, the themselves. Okay. Yeah, they were dragging themselves to bed, and Tindy comes in really excited with a dog, yeah. and she's you know like, upgraded I the dog. Upgraded the dog. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what does and... that even mean? I love, love when you, uh, Rutherford said that. Yeah. No, she she hand edited all six billion genetic sequences. Because <laughs> sometimes she was so excited, she snorted. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. Sometimes when I say I have to go to the bathroom, I'm just in there editing her jeans. <laughs> <laughs> she said so much in such a short amount of time. She was yes. talking really fast, even for Tindy. She's really and, funny. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. She's just like, I can't wait to tell you all about this. And yeah. so, you know, they're trying to go to sleep, and the dog is uh, just suddenly <laughs> mutates um, and uh, becomes a thing on the ceiling. And uh, and <laughs> Boiler's like, not a normal dog, not a normal dog. <laughs> And I love uh, uh, Mariner's uh, wake me up when it's something I have to be concerned about. Yeah, the glowing eyes and the sort of growling doesn't really do anything except just, you know, growl yeah. and seem menacing, but it doesn't attack anyone. So, well, and, and you and I were having this conversation before. Um, mm -hmm. That is very reminiscent of John Carpenter movies. Like the one that I first thought of was The Thing um, with the dog that kind of mutates and then changes and puts claws up to the ceiling and scampers away. In fact, the music and the noise that it's making is very similar to that doodle doodle doodle, the piano noise that they made. And then you had mentioned in the mouth of madness. Yes. Correct? Which is also like, a John Carpenter yes. movie. <laughs> yes. So this is where yeah. a person is like, all bent backwards. And like it, the dog basically did the same thing where its head was on upside down and it had flipped mm -hmm. its legs. Yeah. It was very yeah. disturbing, but also cute at the same time, which is very strange. I know. It's just like, oh, look at that. Look what he can do. Except yeah. it's a she. I shouldn't say he. Oh, she. That's true. Yes. Right. And she's a judo gentleman role. <laughs> and uh, what? Because it, the dog does mutate and change into things. One of the other things that I thought about, and I just had to bring this up for John Champion because it's his favorite episode, Aquiel. <laughs> it's not his favorite episode. <laughs> it's like his least favorite episode, probably, of, of TNG. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they had the dog that sort of mutated because it was a shape changer, but this is not exactly the same thing, but that just sort of like popped into my mind. Like, okay. But being a shape changer, that was very much like the thing. Yes. Right? Yeah, because yep. it had to touch what it was going to change into yep. as Beverly saw. I've heard so, that, that is, they, they did that on purpose. It is an homage to the yeah. thing along with it. Yeah. yeah. So it's so. all full circle. You guys. <laughs> Full circle. It all connects. <laughs> it all connects. All of it. So yeah, you were talking then, about the, with the stealth suits and stuff. We had. Yeah. Oops, that's not right. Yes. Um, right about the. We have an image uh, of the the suits. Oh yeah, this was the um, the really cool <laughs> cool. Uh, we have the image of from the chain of command with Picard, Beverly, and Worf in a shuttlecraft, which is a complete mirroring of uh, Shaq's. Uh, Ransom and uh, Captain Freeman. 
like in yeah. in the uh, in their thing. So that they're all in their stealth suits, which is the black black suits that have like a little cowl that comes over it. Is that what that is? I guess. Yeah, yeah. A hood, basically, Not almost really a like a, a balaclava, but it doesn't come over your face. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll call it a hood. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know. Honestly, in both cases, I'm like, really? You're getting a command crew to do this? Why? I'm wondering <laughs> if it's a cover for something else, though. It's like, you know, they're talking about planting seeds. It, yes, it could just be that because it's lower decks and it can be absurd. But at the same time, maybe they're not really just planting seeds. Maybe we don't really know what the real mission was. No, I'm pretty sure that they were just planting seeds. <laughs> okay. Possibly planting seeds. Yes, they were ready. At a moment, they were ready to, because they, yeah, they, yeah, they knew how to germinate. What, what were the? I can't remember the name of the seeds, but they had. I can't remember either. <laughs> I thought I had written it down, but I did not. It's one of those words that when you hear it, you're like, "Oh, that sounds like a fake plant name." It just it worked really well, which means it's probably two other words glued together. <laughs> oh yeah, or it's an alien plant that we don't have on Earth, so we wouldn't recognize it. Yep. My it guess. always sounds like something that's vaguely Bajoran. Like whenever you have like, <laughs> well, when I first heard Kylo Ren from, from Star Wars, I'm like, that is totally Bajoran. And then I went and looked and there is actually a Cermak Ren. So I'm like, okay, he's related to this guy. It's just like. It's like Who knew Kylo Ren was Bajoran? How did that happen? Huh? Who did Leia sleep with? You right. <laughs> Vedic someone. I don't know. Vedic Solo. I guess what's weird. You thought it was Han. No, no, it was it was somebody else. <laughs> I think we found our episode title, Vedic Solo. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That'll make them think. Yeah. What? <laughs> How are they gonna connect this to this episode? <laughs> yeah. Okay, where was I? Um, oh yeah, you were, no, no yeah. that's fine. So the the mission they're going on a mission, and there's going to be a substitute captain coming in, yep. and uh, Mariner is not happy because subcaps are always like, "Well, go buffer the phase coils." What does that even mean? We don't need yeah. another Jellico. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who was from Chain of Command? He was the one who took over the ship when. There's a lot of Chain of Command references in this episode. Yes. A lot, a lot, yeah. at least three obvious ones. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, <laughs> it, on the other hand, Boimler is really excited because there's a new butt to kiss. Yep. And uh, Rutherford is working on another extracurricular project because that's what the dog is. Is they in medical, they encourage right. people to work on side projects. And that's her project, yep. taking a bunch of inert carbon and building a dog. Okay, dog. Out of all the things you could build, it was dog because that's what they don't have on Orion. But or sand, uh, or, or so they don't or have sand. dog park probably for the. the, the so. Yeah, sand and, and dogs go together apparently. So yeah, so uh, Boiler tells Rutherford that he'll help because you know Mariner wouldn't because she wanted to make sure all the bugs were worked out. Well, how can he work out the bugs if he can't test it? Right. So. And I know that uh, I was thinking this, and I'm sure everyone else was thinking this. If you've ever seen The Fly, yeah, no matter which version you're, you've seen, if you've ever seen it, that you knew something was going to go wrong. <laughs> and if you're uh, you're watching the video version, we have a picture of The Fly 
uh, transporter thing, uh, matter transporter with a dog inside. It's a bonus dog. It looks just like the dog that Tendy made. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Sort of retriever sort of uh, thing there. Yeah. So <laughs> crack me up. <laughs> So, you know, he's trying to make the transporters faster and he's made it 0.7 seconds faster, which doesn't sound like a lot, but is. Yes, this is also uh, this is the time if you're doing a drinking game that I mentioned night shift. Uh, Our our chief Trism, who is the third shift antimatter transporter or I mean, uh, uh, engine expert, uh, was always trying to get the engine efficiency like 0.0056% better. That was her thing where just everyone's like, how is that helpful? You know, but in quantum levels of things, it apparently is. So I thought that was kind of funny. It's just like, oh, good. I'm glad that our engineers do the same thing. <laughs> hey, that little bit of speed may be the thing that saves people's lives. Yep. Hint, hint. And <laughs> I know. So, it's almost like a foreshadowing. Hmm. Yeah. And then Boiler was so excited. He's like, no, do me again. Do me again. Be me back. And he comes out phasing, just yeah. phasing. He's oh, like one. And it's, it's the end sound of the transporter just on yeah. a loop, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, have you ever done any editing with sound? It's like, like, oh, I feel like I've been stuck in this before. And it's like, and it's not quiet. It is a very mm-hmm. loud noise. It like, is. You hardly notice it. <laughs> what? What? My, I, I, I still laugh out loud every time he walks onto the bridge it's like yes. hi it's like it's like what's going on with you two it's like nothing it's like it's like no big deal it's like i disagree it's a big deal <laughs> yeah. and kind instant go to sick bay sick bay's for sick people <laughs> yeah that was a really great transition too because he says that and then you're in sick bay. It's the way they cropped it. It's just mm-hmm. a really great transition. And then suddenly he's getting poked by Dr. Tiana with uh, some sort of like, you know, I don't know what's it's wrong with Dr. you. Like, why are you Ta-ana, so. Ta-ana, Ta-ana, sorry. Ta-ana. Say her I have name problems right. with Cajun. Everyone. I have problems with Cajun <laughs> words. I know. When but I was that, a kid, I called Mares. Um, well, think, or, it, think of it this way it's not T Paul, it's Ta Paul. Therefore, it's mm. Ta'ana. Ta'ana, okay. Except she's not Vulcan, but okay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they say it in the show as to honor. Okay, okay, okay. So, yes, yeah, so I corrected Anna somebody about saying Eric's this week, so I I will correct it by with to Anna. There you go. It's to Anna. Now that we've got that out of my system, <laughs> <laughs> I I did love in the turbo lift the way he just hangs his head as the turbo yes. lift. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because he was so uh, ready to like, you know, schmooze with the new captain and and show like, look, I'm helping improve efficiency. And yeah, that was. And speaking of the new captain, Captain Ramsey, who uh, is uh, someone that Mariner knows. And we we see all these people come to the bridge onto the bridge. We see our Vulcan Durga and uh, the Rigelian guy whose name I've forgotten and the Trill whose name I've forgotten. And then you see Captain Ramsey. (laughs) And And the Rigelian is done by the the voice actor is the same person who played uh, the brain on Pinky and the Brain. Yes. Yes. Maurice. Uh, Maurice. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yep. Very well known. Which you would actor. think that he's the one playing the Adosian because they kind of sound like I the reverse. I think that. Yeah. But apparently, no. That was Fred. That was Fred Tess, 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 Oh, yeah. The one who plays Lieutenant Shax. Shax. Yeah. Yeah. 
So talent yeah. everywhere. Well, yeah, no, and it's sort of like in the vein of uh, in the original animated series when you had um, uh, Scotty. What is my wrong with my brain? The actor James who played Duin. James Doohan played every single person practically <laughs> who was a guy. He played Eric's. He played yeah, you know, just like tons and tons of you can see read our book and you will find out. Yep. Uh, I got a okay. Hmm. I'm getting a message that we are having volume problems on. I will is find any out. is anyone else having volume problems? Speak up yes. in the chat. Uh, we've had people responding to things we're saying, so I'm not sure that it's something right. on our end. Yeah, because I don't Dan. I don't Dan believe. Says, yeah, okay, Dan says we're good. All right, and Dave says we're good. So I'm sorry, Zero uh, yeah. Cornelius. It must be on <laughs> your end. It's a great username, by the way. <laughs> it is indeed. It is so great. So we're, we're apologizing. And, you know, if you maybe it's your Planet of the Apes, you know, cobbled together set leftover from all of the stuff from, you know, centuries old. No, I don't know. I'm trying to make a really dumb ape reference. <laughs> That's okay. It's, you know, it's like how the Twilight Zone recycled so many sets and props from yes. Forbidden Planet. It's, you know, and then, you know, Rod and Serling wrote a script for Planet of the Apes. And mm -hmm. then it got rewritten several times and parts yeah. that he wrote are still in there, etc. There is a graphic novel now that is of his original script. So... Anyway, sorry, I digress. No, it's, no, and if you want to bring it back to Star Trek, uh, Forbidden Planet actually was very much an inspiration for Star Trek. In fact, they even mentioned something that has 1701 in it, which is kind of hilarious. I'm like, oh, yes. that can't be an accident. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's no. not an accident. So, yeah, Captain Ramsey. So she yes. and Mariner were at the Academy together, and uh, they got Mariner? up. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know how old Ramsey is. True. So there are young captains out there. Plenty. And I of forget young her captains. name, but the actress was on Castle. I remember she played. She's the has a British accent, and she played like the other towards the very end. Like the, she was sort of this kick-ass private detective, or she was helping yes. with the private detective. Yeah. I I don't know how her name is pronounced, but it's T O K S, and I want to say it's Tokes, but I don't know that for sure. And I, I can't pronounce on, her last name. Um, oh. And I think she was also on um, Dead Like Me. Not Dead Like Me, sorry. Um, uh, Pushing Daisies, I believe. I don't know. I might be wrong. I don't know. No. But I know for sure Castle. So. Yes. I remember. So, anyway. Cool. I'm just throwing yeah. that in there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the the rest of the crew kind of, her crew, kind of treat Mariner with disdain. Oh, you're still an ensign. Yeah. Very much like, uh, like, how are you so kick ass and you're just, you know, you've got one mm -hmm. pip. Yeah, still an ensign. It was so, very condescending the way Vulcans condescend to people. <laughs> yeah, I think they were all kind of condescending, though. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, but Vulcans, Vulcans have, have special... it down to science. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're very logical about it. <laughs> they just cut right to the point. It's like, why well, beat around the bush? I'm just going to be very, very abrupt and very direct. Yep. Then we have uh, <laughs> Ramsey doing her first log and they're in Freeman's ready room and uh, Mariner is trying to make her laugh and screwing around with all of oh, the yeah. captain's 
things like the sextant and the old captain's hat and the pineapple hat, which i think is from pike but yes yeah, uh, we right. had a we had a gorn action figure not just a like a gorn statue but it's like clearly has like the articulated it looks like how action figures are made um yeah. and the pineapple and you would think like oh the pineapple really isn't some sort of reference there's a lot of references to pineapple in star trek which is really weird mm -hmm. um if the animated series the pineapple was uh, a couple times, like food items on the table. Uh, you had in Deep Space Nine, Rom ordered like this pineapple pancake breakfast thing, which of course Cork was just grossed out by. Uh, in Voyager, they had um, Harry Kim had a, a, a lo aloha, aloha, what am I saying? A, um, a Hawaiian shirt. shirt, aloha shirt. Okay, sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> with pineapples on it. And of course, Enterprise, which I will let you take that one. Malcolm Reed's favorite food is pineapple, which he is also allergic to. And so he has to have shots in order just to eat pineapple. Yeah. I know people like that, though. It's like, oh, like, oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm allergic to, to ice cream. Okay. Like, no, but I'll eat it. Like, why? I was like, no, because I it's like, it's worth the, whatever is going to happen. I'm like, okay. And then like an hour later, my stomach hurts. I'm like, well, yeah, you just, you, you know, that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, the things that I'm allergic to, I also hate. So oh, I'm good. good. Yeah. I'm allergic to out. mushrooms and I've never had an affinity for them one way or another. I am allergic to raspberries and fish oil. So. Hmm. I love raspberries, but fish oil. Yeah. I can't I even stand I don't, I don't know if smell. anybody like, ooh, I love fish oil. Well, it, the thing is, is that things. people love fish and fish oil yes, is that's in true. fish. Yeah. So true. there's no fish. But uh, but raspberries, I never even liked the smell of them. Hmm. And they're probably the most deadly of my allergies. Oh. So now you all know how so, to kill me. I was say, so your enemies out there now know have your yeah. kryptonite weakness. Okay. Yeah. Well. Or do you? I mean, like, maybe she's not telling the truth. You'll never know. <laughs> no. Um, no. I'm definitely. You're with Department <laughs> 14. <No. laughs> sure. I'm Department. I'm with Department 14, and I'm just telling you that to make you sympathetic to me so that I yes. can control your minds. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun so, to mess with people. Yes. <laughs> so yeah so they're they're screwing around in the ready room and uh you can see that that mariner is she has like well the music also tells you this but when when the captain makes her her first officer for this mission they're like oh they're excited they're back together again and then she hugs her and then the music and you just see this look on mariner's face like oh no i have a responsibility yeah I, I there has to be some reason why that happens because she's otherwise fine with it it's just i'm feeling like something must have happened where she was in charge of people or something and it went terribly wrong well we you know. honestly don't know what happened that got her demoted and transferred to the cerritos right so under her mother's <laughs> command yeah so which they we, have to know about oh oh i'm sure that her mother knows why and because her father's also an admiral, so right. Yeah. But I mean, Starfleet has to know that she's on her uh, ship with her one of her parents. I'm oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, it was it was 
it was planned that way. That's the word I was looking for. It just yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking. Like she's kind of keeping an eye on her sort of thing. Yeah. So I I the thing is is that I think that she just likes doing her own thing and you can't do that when you are in charge of other people. Mm. So I think that's part of it, but I don't know what led to that I don't want to be promoted thing, which is right. why I was really surprised that she actually accepted because I thought, girl, you do not want that responsibility. So I uh, I feel like, I mean, that, that moment immediately, I thought, oh, she's going to take a dive. She's accepted because she likes her friend, but she's going to, she doesn't want to do this. And immediately yep. start showing that. <laughs> yes. Pretending to be really incompetent. Yes. Yeah. Or, and, and some of the stories that she's sharing is not going to engender uh, any kind of loyalty <laughs> to her by, oh, the, the thing with the car, that was, mm. so she, they're, they're getting ready to go on a mission to a bog planet. Um, they're helping with, 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 with the uh, filtration the, system of the water. Yeah. For, yeah. And uh, so they're, they're suiting up or they're getting ready. They're walking down the hall and they're just joking and talking about old times. And she talks about uh, the time that, that she and the captain, uh, what stole the professor. How, I, I'm going to say it the wrong way. The, the, the professor Saul Rubin, Rubicek. Rubicek. Yes. Which is, Rubicek. we think a, a nod to Saul Rubenstein. Is that correct? Rubinick. Rubinick. Sorry. Uh, who's also on, who was on um, Warehouse 13, but also in Measure of a, not Measure of a Man. That would be interesting. Uh, all the, uh, all the toys. Is that what it's called? Oh. Yeah. Uh, where Data was basically, uh, Kivo Faja was, you know, stole him and yeah. Yeah. And he was through. also on Stargate on a two-parter. Yes. That was, oh, that was a, uh, an episode. Yep. <laughs> there's something and something happens in in that show which if you're watching i will not spoil it for you but it's very emotional yep. and it's yeah it really super is i i love saul rubin i surprised he, how yeah. emotional it made me <laughs> but yeah no I've, I've interviewed him a couple times he's he's super i think he's he's not great with crowds he's not super thrilled to be at comic-con um but when he's back in the room where there's fewer people, like where it's their tables where they sit down, he was he was kind of relaxing. And they pair you off most of the times when you're doing uh, a kind of a, an ensemble show. So he was with um, who was he with originally? I think he was with um, I don't remember who. Anyway, but he was with another person, so they got to banter back and forth, which was which was cool. Yeah, I've he's never been here, so I haven't yeah. had the pleasure. But, but the I uh, just, well, yeah, and this was during Warehouse 13's heyday, so I'm sure he hasn't been. Which Ruth Spiner like was on. Been, yes. Uh, and another thing with the the sorry, I'm going back to the car. Um, it kind of seems like it might be a subtle nod to the 2009 uh, Kelvin Universe Star Trek, where Kirk flings his his stepdad's old special car off a cliff. <laughs> so his car went into the bay. This one went off. Of a cliff in Iowa? I don't exactly know where that... It must have been like strip mining or something like that. Because like, where are you going to find a giant cliff in Iowa? I sure don't know. Iowa is very flat. I lived in just Minnesota. Like, and we were hilly compared to, to uh, Iowa. Yeah, just like how, how I don't understand how they were building a starship Earthside. 
instead of in um, space. What the, no, I'm not going to go into that because I'm we'll just go down a rabbit hole and we will end with me yelling about the warp core and telling the story about how I, I told uh, Neville Page to talk to his boss. J.J. <laughs> Abrams was not impressed. <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes. Moving on. Yeah. Not that I did not like that movie. It was interesting and everything. That was fine. I'm not I'm not like a Kelvin Universe hater, but there are certain things I'm like, there is just no reason for this to have been this way. It would have been super fixed and you would have had so much less, you know, hassle from every fan out there. That is that is basically what I think about the entire film. There's so you could have done it so many different yeah. ways and you did well, this. Well, the second one is the one. one that's just like, yeah. But oh, like mm, 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 back to lower decks. So <laughs> we're gonna have to have an episode about that where we're, we're just our 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 uh, problematic or our, our uh, least favorite episodes of of anything. I don't know. It's yes. uh, I just um, it's bringing me down, man. It's, it's okay, harsh. I'm sorry. Yes, let's let's so go back to <laughs> the fun of lower decks. Yeah. So anyway, they're gonna go down and fix this water filtration system, yes. and the uh, it, that that the planet was named Kupa. Yeah. And the uh, the king says that he will osmos our most brackish gratitude. Yes, I saw that was great. <laughs> I love it. It's all water based commentary. It's, like, it's so fantastic. It's just I'm gonna use that term somewhere eventually. Brackish gratitude. Yeah, and then the water. And everybody in the chat room has our brackish attitude for being attitude. <laughs> our brackish, brackish our gratitude. Brackish gratitude. Our most for being gratitude. here at eleven a.m. on a Saturday, if yep. specific. <laughs> yep, and uh, so the water filtration system gets clogged. The whole thing's about yep. to explode, and Ramsey asks Mariner for the tricorders. Mariner's like. Um, I left them up on the transporter, uh, and I just the thought least helpful mm. place for them to be. Yeah, and I just yeah. thought that is not. She's definitely taking a dive. Yeah, but she, uh, she's not yeah. that dumb. <laughs> she's not. She knows yeah. what she's doing. She was yeah. top of her class in Starfleet, or in Starfleet, in Starfleet Academy. <laughs> Sorry, All I'm having today. <laughs> yeah, she I'm was happy that I'm today. actually functional. I'm just like, after this the the air quality and the earthquakes and everything. I'm like, I didn't even know what I was going to be like today. Yeah. So, but uh, meanwhile, we've got yes. both the dog and Boimler being sent off to uh, Division fourteen. Division and... fourteen, which is kind of like uh, we had talked about, it's it's similar to Deep Space Nine's. Uh, episode with the they call themselves mutants so it was, i think that's like the non-comedic version of freaks basically um mm. so we had uh who was it? it was um chrysalis and um i have the image somewhere uh there it is uh so the institute which was statistical Probabil probabilities and chrysalis so they were the people who were genetically altered and all had like really odd ticks and and just verbal and mental things that really made them people who would, who would benefit from going to the farm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had a problem with both of those episodes, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. And just, just the portrayal of the, of the people is what I take yes. issue with. But anyway. Uh, yeah. 
So uh, they, and they are both the Osler. I know it's an NX class. Yes. And it's very Batman, the animated series. I was actually thinking Batman Beyond because there's a lot of black and red in there. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, And it is based (laughs) off, or the name is from uh, Sir William Osler, who is the person who, one of the founding members of John Hopkins. He created the intern program and also got interns out of the classroom and into um, the hospitals. So you can thank, if you like Grey's Anatomy, you can thank this guy for that ever happening. (laughs) Thumbs up. Yeah, yeah I, I like that 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 it's, you know, a ship supposed to be taking people to a, a place where they can recover and that it is named after a person who had a distinct effect on the medical industry in the world. So that was a nice nod. I appreciated that. Yeah. And we get to meet an Adosian who's never yeah. named. Yeah, he doesn't have a name. That's kind hmm. of odd. Uh, yeah, Adosian, that is, uh, the species in the original animated series with the, uh, the, the, uh, guy, the guy, Lieutenant Eric's who had three arms and three legs. Uh, and it, what, that's one thing I was a little disappointed. We don't really see much of that in this episode. They like, and that was in the original series too. Like very rarely did you see him walking. Um, and sometimes you'd see him using all of his arms, at least this, this Adosian, you did see him using his three arms quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you only saw like a brief little half bit of him walking. And I don't know if it's just really difficult to to animate that, but it seems like uh, it is very similar in structure to the species A472 because they had three legs as well. So mm-hmm. I think you could have just used the same locomotion for that, but you don't you didn't see much of it. That's just a, as a person who's into the animated series, I was like, oh, a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I get that. And he seems very sinister. Yes. <laughs> I, d- I didn't actually think he was sinister, but when somebody has no. a really low voice. And... and that's the problem I have with this part of the show. And I know that it's like when we were yesterday, when I, I popped into the unready room, it was like my my ratings was like, you know, three out of five millicochrons or whatever of overused plot devices. But it felt like the minute they said that, like, like you're going to the farm and it's like and and it's it your brain, you're, you're being set up to, like, think that the farm is this evil place. You know, it's not because they wouldn't do that. So it's like the getting to that point was just like, OK, I get it. Uh huh. Yeah, these are the freaks, and they're not really the no. Okay, uh-huh. oh look, it's the farm, and it's beautiful. That just felt it felt like wasted time and a wasted plot. Like up to the point where he gets on the ship, it's that's kind of fun with what he's doing with the phasing and all that. But then on the ship, it's just kind of like, eh. for me personally, I just felt it was it was trite. It just was like, okay, I. It's the first time I saw felt like they used something that wasn't unique to the show or didn't have its own twist or. I don't know. Well, excuse me. I first of all, endochronomous five is not the easiest (laughs) word to say. No. So, excuse me. I'm I've come over all phlegmy. My apologies. (laughs) But uh, I I think it was your brackish gratitude. (laughs) My most (laughs) brackish gratitude. So I. The, the way that I look at this part of the story is that I think it's more about feeling isolated and also not being told everything 
Like yes. it feels like things are being kept from you and that will create, you know, a very unhappy bunch of people who mm -hmm. will start to think that they are, Oh no, I've lost Aaron again. He's left me. But in any case, I think it will just create in, in some people, uh, in a, wanting to know more information, wanting to have control of something when they are absolutely out of control. And here you are back with I me. I disappeared for half a second. I don't know why. I just like okay. suddenly I wasn't in the broadcast studio. <laughs> it's like I literally was ejected. Like, no, your 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 uh, point of view is not welcome. Goodbye. It's <laughs> <laughs> not me. I, I literally wasn't me. touching anything. It was just suddenly I was like not there. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Well, I couldn't kick you out if I wanted to, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't think you did. <laughs> it was it was funny because it was like my shoulders with that picture of Eric's and the other Adosian. <laughs> just it was just me. But I'll, I'll make the point again that I made while you were gone is that when people feel like they're not being told everything, they are looking for any sort of way to feel like they have some control over their own destiny. Yes. And I think that's why they had just had it up to here and they wanted to have control over something. And so they decided yeah. mutiny was the way to do that. And I, I, again, a really lovely editing with the freaks fight back, yes. freaks fight back and Boimler doing that. And then, and as, then and that's freaks fight back is what they were shouting. They were chanting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's a good point. That was like, they, that seems to be a, a really cool editorial choice that they, they made in this episode, which is really neat that you have a cartoon, you know, an animated uh, show that is, is sophisticated enough to have those sort of things as opposed to just yes. cut, 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 you know? So no, that was great. Well, and it's the thing is, is that it's so much easier to do in animation than it is to do in live action because right. you can make things match up exactly. And it's just, it's really, really, really well done. Uh, Dave, the mod said endochronomus may be named after the endocrine system of hormonal feedback loops. Which yes. I'm sense. pretty sure that that is why yeah. it's named such. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we certainly see a lot of interesting um, people on there. Like the guy <laughs> that has his eyes and mouth in his chest now, but he yeah. still has the head. Uh -huh. The guy who's just a giant head. I still <laughs> want to know how he moves around. Does, I mean, he has some kind of motor capabilities because he, sw he was swimming. Maybe so... he has like little legs that come out underneath, like, you know. Or it's he's like the people, uh, the Bem, the creature from the original animated series, that creature, the the alien, where he could split into. It was a colony creature. He could split into different pieces, and his head and body parts floated. I think they floated because they just didn't want to animate the the other part, the, how they originally <laughs> were supposed to do it. Uh, but maybe he has something. It's related to that, or he was in sort of you know some sort of uh, I don't know an accident yeah. <laughs> or he's he was watching too much doctor who and he wanted to be the face of Bo. i guess but then, he's, not, <laughs> he became... he's not big enough to be the face of Bo. no is what I'm saying. so and he needs to be way more stretched out yes you know, just like but he was in the pool like somebody did somebody toss him there or did That's he what I'm roll there by himself maybe maybe he has it's maybe it's like gyroscopic kind of like um uh the droid in Star Wars, and why is my brain not remember BB-8? Mm -hmm. Maybe he yeah. just has something in his head that he can like move the mass around, and it rolls him. 
but he basically cannonballed into the pool. So either he has the True. ability to launch himself into the air or someone lovingly tossed him in for so that yeah. he could be in the pool. I think probably tossed him in because somebody also dressed the uh, the people in the, the beepy chairs uh, yes. with with a uh, uh, string bikini and Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I don't have a picture of that, but that was, that was hilarious. That was, it took me a minute. It took me like the third time through to really realize that all of them had, you know, it, yeah, particular she just looks on. like a pattern. If you don't, I mean, if you kind of like just glance yeah. at it, it just looks like it's part of the chair. Um, yeah. And speaking of that, that's one of the, uh, the quote unquote freaks was somebody who was, uh, hit by delta radiation which was just like pike mm -hmm. um and he and they have a very similar chair um very. i would hope by the 24th century that they would have better chairs um but maybe that's just what you get for delta radiation and it's one of those things that is you have to it's it, it form follows function sort of a thing yeah, well, I mean, it, it protects you, for one thing, because mm -hmm. if you were to stop suddenly and fall out of the chair and no one was around, you know, you'd, you'd be in trouble. True. So, because uh, these poor people are completely incapacitated and can't even speak, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somehow they're able to make the thing go beep, so I guess they're connected to the neural pathways yeah, well, or something. Well, that is actually the way that they describe it in the two part of the menagerie in the original series is that he, they have hooked it. He can power at things with his brain waves. He can move Got forward. It. He can move backward a little. That's a bit mm -hmm. harder. And he can, he can make the thing beep twice for no and once for yes. Which is funny because so. they actually, you can do that now. I mean, they actually, that that's something I don't think at the time, maybe that, 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 yeah, that was not in you know, 1966. No. Yeah. Or at least for the public. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the uh, military might have been, mm -hmm. or the government, I don't know. But yeah, um, and <laughs> there was a, there's a couple more of the, the freaks that are really nice call-outs. Uh, we have uh, Anthony, who was <laughs> Voyager's episode threshold when they got turned into lizard babies. Mm -hmm. uh, Anthony was a lizard baby. Yes, yes, so, he was. Or a and larger I even, one, a lizard adult. <laughs> and and when we were watching this episode the first time, I said, lizard baby. That's a lizard baby. I think that's a lizard baby. And the funny thing is, is that on Thursday, I was actually the next Voyager episode in McHugh to watch was Threshold. Oh, Threshold. So I watched it. And uh, I'm like, wow, yeah, that really was well done. That's definitely a lizard baby. <laughs> And it, I mean, it's funny because I I made uh, quite a few years at this point, I guess five or six years ago uh, for Trek FM when when we were doing uh, like kind of our trivia, the shows against shows uh, to the journey with with Char and and uh, Tristan. I made the, they were team lizard babies. So I have a shirt where I actually drew the lizard babies. And that was fun. Yes. So I I. I have looked at this drawing and or the the creature enough because I had to draw it. So my brain is like, oh, instantly like lizard baby. Mm -hmm. And I think my yeah. favorite. Oh, go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say there is also a person on the ceiling uh, wrapped around the wrong way. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw like that. the dog was earlier. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, in case you didn't think this was a reference to John Carpenter, yeah. <laughs> here's a more obvious reference. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, there and there was. I feel like maybe even the one with the guy who had the the head in his lap might have been uh, Beetlejuice or something like that. I mean, not necessarily, but there's there's some similarities between that waiting room and and this room too. Just mm-hmm. all the different things. But I think my favorite deep deep cut was Mac tonight. <laughs> For those of you who don't know and or maybe didn't even see it the first time there was a series of mcdonald's commercial with this anamorphic anamorphic uh a giant uh moon-shaped head guy he was um he was saying it, it was done to mac the knife the song mm-hmm. was mac tonight uh and he was played by doug jones yep so we have our star trek connection and there is a person who uh has a moon shaped face and eyes and and just, yeah, it looks very much like it a little bit more misshapen, but it's funny because it's got the bumps in the same place while where the chin and stuff goes. So like it, it clearly was drawn after the, the Mac tonight. Or coincidental, oh, yeah. but I think it was. Yeah. No, I don't think, I don't think no. anything <laughs> they do is coincidental. No. <laughs> no. Not one thing. So yeah, that that makes me chuckle because I didn't really notice that till my third watch through and I thought, nah, they're not referencing Mac tonight. Maybe they are. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe? I think I think you're right. <laughs> if we think it is, it most likely is. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that it is. Definitely. Yeah. And there were other. Yeah. The other ones I don't really know. I couldn't point to a specific reference. They were just you know, unusual. Uh, the multi-eyed person might have been, and I don't think so, but this could be like early versions of Saru was a character that True. was just like tons of eyes. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I saw that drawing well before we actually saw Saru. So mm-hmm. when we saw the original trailer for Discovery, I'm like, well, where's Saru? I'm like, well, that's got to be Saru. No, he's got like tons of eyes. And I'm just like, oh, they really changed the the model. And I didn't think that drawing would ever come out. And then it came out. I was like, oh, that's cool. So... Yeah, well, it's. I think that it was a practical thing as to what they did yes. with the evolution of the appearance of Saru's head. Because if you do the thing with the mini eyes, you either have to do really complicated prosthetics yeah. or you have to do it digitally. And both and who are do you very look at? complicated. Yeah. Like what eyes are the... It's, it's hard to get like just yeah. that connection between people if you have a ton yeah. of eyes. Yeah, um, I think they went with the right choice here. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, definitely. In fact, he seems vaguely Edosian in the way his face is shaped. Mm. So we, we uh, uh, Bowie, one of the writers for Discovery, and I joked that uh, Eric's and Saru were college or uh, Starfleet roommates <laughs> when he was at the Academy. <laughs> and basically it was a uh, Felix and Oscar sort of thing where Eric's was definitely the the one who left everything a mess and Saru mm-hmm. was clearly the person who cleaned up everything and was just very particular about things so yep while learning line 94 languages fluently yes yep so that's my head canon that they I, I don't know if he actually went to the academy at this point because of the way the story changed but uh I'm sure he popped in for a bit I'm sure they had him do some sort of training well, it's been years since uh, Saru w- had been on Kaminar. <clears throat> Excuse me, that dang phlegm again. <laughs> so <clears throat> I don't know why I'm so glad you guys. But uh, anyway, yeah, it had been yeah. a really long time since he'd been to Kaminar. So I would say yeah. I think it's it had been like 18 years. Okay. So if I remember him saying that correctly, 
the the 18 years since he'd left Kaminar. So it's absolutely possible that he, he was in uh, Starfleet Academy. I don't see okay. why he wouldn't be. Cool. Yay. And it still works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, back on the... Uh, it's the Rubido, which actually, by the way, is a... Uh, a um, suburb of Riverside, California. That so we have another California class. Yep. And Oakland, <laughs> the Oakland is where the is Ramsey came ship. Ramsey yep. ship. Yeah. So more yeah. California stuff. Yeah. They finish their repair. They go off to uh, rendezvous with the Rubidoux and they're not responding. So Ramsey's talking about how she's going to go save this captain's butt again. Again. <laughs> and uh, when they get there, you know, there's no power to the ship and, Again, Ramsey is like, well, she should have replaced these, but like I told her, but now I'll, we'll just go over and give him a jump, which is an interesting way of putting it because that's very 21st, 20th century lingo yeah. that I wouldn't think they would still be using, but you know, it's fair. Yeah. So, yeah, they they get over there and uh, yeah. They also did the thing with Nobody's the phone number in Star Trek 4. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. things must kind of like kind of hang around, you know idioms yeah. that even if they are not uh current yeah it's true so they go over and uh they find that no one is where they should be and so they must be hiding out somewhere they finally find them in a cargo bay uh floating because the gravity's yes. gone durga's trying to repair the gravity which is cool that you can do that in uh animated because that happened in pas as well yes and uh, they find out, Captain Ramsey finds out from, what was her name? Was it Danby? I can't remember, for heaven's sake. It was Dayton. Dayton. Captain, and it was a date. Yeah, which, which is interesting, because Dayton Ward is like, no, that was not named after me. It, that yeah. happened before I even got him on board. I'm like, well, maybe. You don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. He, and Captain Dayton says, no, it, we turned off the power because it feeds on the power. And there's like, it's it's still here and they're like there's nothing out there except the cerritos no we're inside it <laughs> <laughs> then uh, durga turns the power back on because the communication was garbled and yep. things start coming out big blue glowy tentacles yep and so, i did not have time to put the graphic together mm -hmm. but that also is very voxela for mm -hmm. um from enterprise and uh, you know kind of way that was grabbing them it, it very much was like that but it was not the same no uh, not gross and gooey and, yeah no it was it, it was very it cool and neon -y and... it was cool and neon -y and not full of ky jelly so that's good um, <laughs> a lot of ky jelly in that um <laughs> just like there was in alien and aliens uh, and dave the mod the space sea jelly <laughs> yeah so uh and all of a sudden, Mariner is all kinds of business. <laughs> yes. Like, where has this Mariner been? It's like, I don't know yes. what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ramsey figures out that Mariner knew that she was going to offer her first officer position on the Oakland and was trying to sabotage it. When honestly, all Mariner had to do was just say no. She didn't have to go to these links. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, so they're trying to evacuate the remaining crew and they utilize 
Rutherford's transporter experiment <laughs> to yes. get them all off. He's like, but there's before. there's a problem. He's like, just boing me up. <laughs> yeah. Boing me or whatever. <laughs> boing us up. Boing yeah. us out of here. That's what she says. Boing yeah. us out of here. And so he manages to get them all off of the ship before <laughs> it basically all... just comes apart in this yes. most beautiful animation sequence. And, and it, it looks what looks like the the, the encounter of from... Farpoint. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering yeah. if that's the same if that is that creature. I mean, that would be really cool. Well, it's uh it, it could be that same creature. I mean, that same species. I don't know that yeah. it's the exact same creature. No, no, not course, the same. No, right. May, maybe those two that were trying to, you know, that the mate had been forced mm -hmm. to become Farpoint Station. Right. And, you know, maybe they had a baby and maybe that baby was attracted just to wandering the into the ship. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yummy food. And then, <laughs> you know, mutated into its adult form due oh. to the extra power supply there you go i love That's that they were not cannon. they weren't upset at the end too they're just like oh that no. was really cool and this was beautiful and i mean yeah their ship is destroyed but and everybody was safe so you know they got to see a, a whole new life form yeah you know, come to be so yeah it was, was cool. it was they have had some really beautiful animation sequences in this series and i am just yeah. I'm just it reminds me a little bit of uh, the uh, episode where they had the, the, the moist vessel where the yes. the ship was going through changes uh, and stuff. They had a lot of that. Still visually captivating. Yeah. Just impressive. And it's interesting because it. I look at it, I'm like, I know in some ways how they're doing it or just like I can, I can deconstruct, okay, this is doing, you know, whatever. But it doesn't make it any more like just beautiful and amazing. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Especially sometimes when you actually do know it, it's even more amazing because it's like, some of the things they're doing is so are so simple but so impactful. Mm -hmm. So, agree. You know, very cool. Yeah. So everything's fine there, and Mariner doesn't take the first officer job, of course. No. But uh, before we get to that part, we have to wrap up <laughs> the mutiny. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, uh, they're very mad at Boimler for telling on them, and they are going to blow him out the airlock, a la Alien. Yep. And uh, because, you know, that's what happens. He always gets blown out the airlock until right. the third movie. It doesn't get blown out the airlock. But um, yeah. And uh, and just before they're going to do that, he stops phasing. Yes. <laughs> and, ah, I'm not a freak anymore. <laughs> which the thing is, is that if he were still phasing and was ejected into space, that probably would have saved his life. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but... But no, and so he's uh, so they they open the door and he's like he's like puffed his cheeks out and covered his mouth and he yep. goes rolling out onto grass. Yeah. <laughs> and why why yeah. is my air not being forcibly <laughs> pushed from my lungs? Yeah, and uh, and then our Edosian friend comes back and says, "Here it is. It's the farm." And and very uh, Catholicish, actually. Yeah, and it's a uh, the the guy who was both growing old rapidly and growing young rapidly. Yes, the said, rascal. Boy, that boy do mentioned. I have egg on my face. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, is that the the Doge is like, oh, I get it. You know, it, it seems like an unbelievable place, but uh, you know, maybe I should paint the ship brighter colors and turn some more lights on so it's not so <laughs> yeah. spooky and i'm like yeah thank yeah 
And then he's like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's just how I laugh. It's just how I laugh. <laughs> it's just, yeah. And uh, the dog is very excited, of course. Yes. And we, the dog we went in, to a farm, which I think is hilarious. the dog went to a farm upstate. And <laughs> I, I see, I saw the connection there. And uh, Tendi is saying goodbye to the dog because she knows that the dog will be happy there. And uh, the dog says, thank you, Tendi. There are many places for me to run and such interesting things on which to urinate. Just, <laughs> Standing just have on his back conversation. Legs, like, like a person. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, well, I just, I'm, you know, I just, I'm sorry that you're here with all these freaks. And, and you know, she wishes her well. And the dog yeah. starts floating <laughs> up into the sky and just like, you know, doing like the thing, like with her legs, like she yes. used to treading water she's like, and boimler explains to tendy that a dog doesn't do any of those things oh. the dog doesn't talk a dog doesn't hover and spit lightning and tendy <laughs> shouts i was wrong you are a freak and the dog's like i know i didn't want you to worry <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was so good i love the dog yes i want to see the dog come back eventually <laughs> Same. Like season two, <laughs> like the dog just shows up with more, more dog friends or something. I don't know. Yes. My Let's favorite thing, we did, which we didn't mention before, is that the dog at one point comes down the hall and then turns into a cube oh. and just goes, clunk, 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 just, and yep, it's like, running and then anyway. it's just anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like they've become used to the weirdness of the dog. Yeah. And, and when they first get on, he uh, they're bringing him onto the Osler. He starts barking, but he's like going bleep, bleep, and but he's changing colors as he barks. He like yep. goes into neon, <laughs> like neon. green. Yeah, that was great. So I like all these yeah. little just random things that they could throw in that a regular dog does, but then just takes it another direction. Yeah, and I and I do love even as Tendy's walking away. He's like, oh, she's such a good girl. Yeah. And the one where its head opens up or the and mouth opens up and like bats with eyeballs. <laughs> it goes like looks very Halloween. <laughs> it was it was Halloween and yet it's also kind of like um oh good grief. I can't remember the creature name. Dave is just rolling his eyes at me right now. That uh yeah, they're they're basically one-eyed winged creatures in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh and yeah. I cannot I remember, that name. remember the word. Dave, help me out. So um, <laughs> I'm sure that he will. In any case, I just, yes. uh, everything that that dog did just was gold. And just related to the dog, uh, I'm going to throw this in the chat room for right now, and then we'll come back to it. Uh, the question of the week that we had that we asked people was, what kind of pet would you make if you had the patience to resequence billions of DNA strands? So we've got some answers from online, and uh, if anybody in the chat room has any ideas, toss them our way, and we'll we'll read them out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Shrug. They're not the beholders. Too few eyes. Okay. Yeah, I know they're not beholders. So Dave doesn't even know. Yeah, they 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 show up in um they show up in Final Fantasy VII and other Final Fantasy titles as well. Very annoying, uh, but yeah. Just big flying eyes. So that it made me think of that too. But yeah, Halloween. Yay. It's always Halloween in my heart. Um, <laughs> so so uh, what, what, uh, the thing is, I don't know what I would make. I would, 
It depends we'll on. You have time to think. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay, wing die. That that works, Dave. Yeah, it's a wing die. It's what he, I'm sure he went and grabbed oh. his his uh, monster book wing and die. looked it up. Yeah, I, I was kind of searching. I'm like, that's what I'm coming up with, but that doesn't sound like a too super. Uh, you know, interesting name, but that's very on the nose. So there, it, sometimes it is very on the nose. Sometimes they're just yep. that way. And apparently, so. they're also in Gravity Falls. They're eye bats. <laughs> I bats. I like that. Yes, yeah. eye bats. Yes, very good. Do you bat your eyelashes. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. AKA eye wing. Sorry, that makes me laugh. Sounds like a terrible superhero. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like somebody that Darkwing Duck would fight. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh my god! I am the terror that flaps in the night. It's like no. no. Uh, anyway, so wrapping up, we have uh, that we're back in the um, Cerritos bar after after. We don't ever see them come back. Oh, Boimler. Uh, sorry. The Boimler is a walk. They're walking away from the dock where the, the dog flew off into space. And uh, the nurses, the like the, the sexy nurses basically come up to Boimler. And it's like, ooh, I get him. And basically they find out he's not a freak anymore. I'm like, yeah, oh, the rascal rats him out. Yeah. Paying and him so, back. <laughs> They throw him into a shuttle, basically, and then the shuttle goes away. Uh, and he's like, no, <laughs> he's very upset. Yeah. Yep. But our, our very final scene is uh, Ramsey and Mariner back on the Cerritos and Mariner yes. explaining, you know, if there's ever anyone I would rank up for, it would be you. But I just I, there's stuff I need to figure out before I can do that about who I want to be. And, uh, you know, while they're talking, you see Ransom in the back. <laughs> to come by is like ooh, a lady you know smooths his hair back <laughs> comes up and basically yeah. hits on ramsey and this is a very good reason why you don't get grabby with ladies uh especially powerful ladies who can throw you over their shoulder into a table so he's this like this also yeah. was the other thing that felt really cliche i'm like this was it was super predictable that that was going to happen mm. the minute he walked in i don't know so kind of like eh, okay I still I enjoyed it. Wasn't seeing that it. I didn't like it. It was just that it was like <clears throat> I wasn't as delighted by a surprise as I have been in previous episodes. I guess that's a better way of putting it. The whole episode was very enjoyable, but watching it, I felt like I had already seen it. Mm. And I think that's the weird thing. It didn't feel fresh to me. The dog did. That was that one part was interesting. Yeah. But yeah. But uh, I, I I will always enjoy a woman taking a man down. So. <laughs> Especially well, a much yeah, bigger I mean, man. How many times did want people like to do that to Kirk or Riker? Yeah, know? well, and the interesting thing is, as I noticed or in Tom this Paris, episode, yeah. there there are so many female captains that we have seen so far. Mm -hmm. And I just really appreciate that. Captains? Yeah, uh, we saw the Tellarite, Durango. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, but I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that they're yep. balancing that out because we have yeah. just had so many male mm -hmm. captains. So oh, many. Related to the captain really quick, one Easter egg that I forgot to talk about is in her ready room, her chair has lap restraints, which are, we're first seeing in Star Trek, the motion picture. Basically, they're little things that 
close over and stop you from flying out of your chair because the animated series had had seat belts essentially the motion picture had the restraints and then everything after that did not have anything and people fly around so i don't know why it was removed but she was smart enough to have one put into her ready room <laughs> the uss franklin had them that's true but that was pre pre yeah, uh, pre 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 yeah yeah it was it was post nx01 but pre tos yes. yeah nx so, have any kind of restraint system i don't remember i don't recall no don't remember ever seeing seatbelts there yeah of any kind restraints now which is just weird right you are in a yeah. vehicle <laughs> well and it's also that's you know it a more i would imagine experimental obviously well, nx even you know it's just it was people i would think just want every safety precaution possible right <clears throat> just because you have inertial dampers doesn't mean you can't fall out of your chair <laughs> Or that the inertial dampers won't go offline. Like they do a lot. Yes. Like Not enough to kill you. But, but yes, like the, the safety the, protocols and all of it. I don't understand why there are safety protocols that can be activated and turned off. They should just be, it should just be built in that you can't hurt yourself with the, the holodeck. Mm, agree. That agree. Seems, I mean, I understand it's for plots, but yes. Plot convenience. That's why yeah. it's there. Uh, yeah. so I think that kind of wraps up the story. It does. Indeed. What did you, uh, what was your favorite part? What did you really enjoy about it? Uh, I, I just loved everything that had to do with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Tindy's excitement about it. Yes. I loved how she had no idea how a real dog actually worked. I love how she gets licked by a real dog and it's like, Ooh, gross. That was so yeah. weird. Yes. Where Spoiler's like, that's normal dog. And he doesn't say it. He's just, yeah. He, you can see it on his face. So I love yeah, that I, everybody is excited about science and mm -hmm. that uh, everything feels like even the exploration uh, on the ship with the alien, where they're not like, oh my God, the ship got destroyed. They were like, just wow, this is an amazing new life form, you know, space mystery. We have, uh, Rutherford trying to increase the the efficiency of the transporter uh, and we got Tendi with the dog. So I just like, I think that there's, there's something really very Star Trek about that, which I think is pretty Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Just the excitement. They're all excited. Well, yeah. Mariner wasn't that excited. She used well, to like yeah. space mysteries, but yeah. she, back then she was dumb. She has a thing. Yeah. There's yeah. No, I think we're, yeah. I think she is excited even if she doesn't yeah. outwardly show it. Yeah. I don't think that kind of thing can go away and if you would still be in Starfleet. I agree. Maybe. I think she would be at that point she probably would rank up just so she wouldn't have to do anything or you know be that involved in daily things. Yes. Um <clears throat> like she go to middle management essentially where she could she could <laughs> fail up into the middle or something like that. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh so for our question of the week, I'll go back to that. We had uh whoops. Uh, what kind of pet would you make if you had the patience to resequence billions of strands of DNA? And we asked that question on Camp Kittimer, which is the uh, official Facebook group for Trek Geeks, which our podcast appears appears um, is on Tuesdays in audio format. It just appears. It does, it it does, does appear. It appears yes. on Tuesdays. New episodes it, appear. Yes. As if by magic, as if someone didn't edit it. No, <laughs> <laughs> If it could appear by magic, I would be very happy. Um, right. 
Yes. And uh, we also put it in, in, on our Twitter and the Infinite Trek group, which actually predates this show. Uh, so we got a couple answers here. Um, so we have Annika Dane. I love this. I would make Goose from Captain Marvel. Yes. Oh, that's great. I love that. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love it. Uh Jenna says I will make uh, I would make an immortal rat. So that one I'm not sure about. I know there are people who really like mice and rats and they are fairly short-lived. So I think if you get attached to a, a, a rat or a mouse, you don't have long to enjoy that, unfortunately. Um so I can see that thought process. Mhm. Or maybe she's yeah. just being goofy. <laughs> uh, Randy says a dog in a unicorn costume, <laughs> which is a reference to the original series. <laughs> Sorry, I, that visual was very clear in my brain. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Dave's uh, the mod says rats are great. They are self-aware and have a sense of humor. I did not know that, that was the case. There you go. Dave knows yeah. about rats. Uh, Pete says a litter box trainable dog, <laughs> which I feel like that might actually be a thing you could probably have if you were patient enough. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. Will, <laughs> Bill Smith. Will Smith is just listening to our show. Uh, Bill Smith <laughs> says, I don't know uh, that I would want uh, what I would. Uh, what, uh, I don't know that I would. I know that. That's boring, but I love my girl the way she is, anxiety and all. But that's not about well, her pet. What is his pet? What was it? It's his girl. No, <laughs> just have to make another pet. Maybe make a companion for your girl. There you go. And maybe the anxiety would ratchet down. Yeah. Or you just have double the anxiety and then just be even worse. Yeah. Uh, and my, my one of my favorites, Mickey Gunter says, the kind of pet that cooks and cleans. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um I think I think honestly I would probably make a cat that could uh that didn't have to use a litter box because it would be able to use the toilet mm. and know how to flush and uh that it would also uh be able to fill its own food and water bowls. <laughs> but not talk. I do not want right. a talking cat. No, no. I think that I am defaulting back to some of my animated series stuff where it's like, I would love to have a, a say lot. I would have, like to have Aichaya, just the big cuddly, you know, dog bearish kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, as long as we had room for him. But yeah, I, I just, he just seems so cuddly and like you could lean against him and watch TV and just, yeah. So I like an yeah. Aichaya. Very specifically that, that specific, animal uh so excellent well there yeah. you go just get yourself some inert carbon and go to town <laughs> uh let's see can i go into amazon and buy that no. <laughs> do that after the show <laughs> yeah get get your get your hands on some CRISPR technology get some inert yep. carbon and have some fun Woo! Uh, speaking of fun, uh, next week we have uh, something that's just got announced. The Improvised Generation, which is the show that our show spun off from, is coming to Outpost 13. And it will be following Woot. our show. In fact, our show might 
shift down a little bit. So we have like a Star Trek block um, on Saturdays. So yes, very excited. And we are doing a Starfleet virtual cocktail party next Sunday, the 27th from three to six. And it'll be here on twitch.tv slash outpost 13. And I'm going to be in the uh, podcaster block from five to six, along with Jesse Gender and I believe a couple other people, which I'm not sure if they've been announced, so I won't say it, but people that you will know from from podcasting. So join us and have some fun. Uh, I believe that there's special guests coming. So uh, from Star Trek, actual Star Trek, not just podcasting. Yes. So so tune in and yeah, and get a little I believe there might be even a little sneak preview of the show. I'm not quite sure. Uh, But yeah, so I'm I'm super excited about that i'm excited to actually talk with jesse because i've talked to her online but i've never actually talked in person so that'll be fun um yeah and so come and come and hang out and have a have a star trek saturday yeah why not yeah because there's no such thing as too much star trek no it it, even if uh you know the people at paramount thought that you know we can't have another star trek show so you know, Enterprise needs to go off the air. No, that was not true. People were not over Star Trek. This Mm-mm. proves it. Mm-hmm. So yes, indeed. And speaking of being in a lot of places, <laughs> I do you want to attempt to about. go through your list of myriad of uh, episodes or episodes of podcasts? No. Well, yes. Maybe. No. Yeah, I'll do it. uh you you can see my comings and goings on twitter at brandywine12 and uh, i'm on instagram at brandy jackola brandy is with an i keep that in mind folks the uh i do three not the drink no although people have made that joke far too many times yes we had a frozen brandy last week (laughs) <laughs> I don't even like brandy. That's the I that's did. the irony. The person who is on our show, I effing love whiskey, was the one who brought that up. So it was an alcohol based uh, joke, which it seems appropriate coming from Andrew. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I do three podcasts yes. over at Hollow Sweet Media. All of them about Star Trek: The Vedic Assembly, which is about Deep Space Nine; Boldly Go, which is about Strange New Worlds, and What the Future Holds, which is about Star Trek Discovery. We are gearing up for season three, like you Woo! would believe. Very and, exciting. That's in like uh, three weeks, right? Four weeks, little four little weeks. under four weeks. So, okay. uh, three weeks and five days. Very soon. And very soon, very very soon, three weeks and five days as of this live show, I should say. By the time that this comes out yes. as a podcast, it will be three weeks. No, three three weeks and two days. Sorry, I know math. I know math. I swear I do. It also means that we will have few, we're approaching the end of Lower Decks, unfortunately. That is true. We've only got three episodes to go. Yep. I will be sad. But you can find all of yep. those podcasts on hollowsweetmedia.com or on your podcatcher of your choice. Uh, I do another live show on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Mountain Time called The Unready Room with my friend Dan Gunther mm-hmm. from uh, from YouTube. <laughs> he has his own YouTube I, channel. Dan was actually in the chat room. So. He has been in the chat room, yes. And yes. he is uh, Thank he's you for in there. Down. Yes, thanks. He's in there as uh, Kurt Ratz Productions on YouTube. And Kurt Ratz is just Star Trek spelled backwards. So you can watch that on his YouTube channel on Friday nights at 7 Mountain Time. As I said, uh, I do a podcast with my husband, Dave, 
called Ooh. the Dark Corner Podcast, where we talk about whatever nerdy thing we want, and do we kind of come at it from a darker perspective because we're gothy people? That's and right. I do head cannon, which is my yes. <laughs> um, we we do. I do a solo podcast called Head Cannon, where I talk about my other fandoms and my weird brain. And you can find both of those at darkcornerpodcast.com. And that is all. Cool. That is a lot of places. Yeah. So where can people find you, dude? Like where? Well, aside from where uh, this coming next Saturday or for the uh, the extra special podcast thing, that didn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> for the, the Improvised Generation Star Trek Cocktail Hour. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GeekFilter. And I also pretty much run our, our Infinite Trek Twitter and Instagram. So some of the times I realize that I need to put more on that because I end up putting everything on my personal account. And I'm like, well, I probably <laughs> should use Infinite Trek more often. So, yeah. uh, yes, I'm going to try and get the content boosted up a little bit on that. And we've got we've got some fun stuff and it, it'd be cool to uh, try and um you know, just uh, get some of the more of the visuals out so the people who are listening to the audio version can kind of check them out. And I want to do, I want to show what our weekly background is because I have a lot of fun putting together a background that we can float on top of. And we've done some fun stuff with Badgie. Uh, we did when Moist Vessel was on, basically the, <laughs> it was taking over our, our podcast. So that was yes. kind of fun. It's yes, great. So, but yeah, so that's where you can find me. And uh, I'm super excited about everything that's coming up. I'm super, I'm happy about discovery. I'm excited about the improvised generation. There's just so much, whoops, <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> it's just, so was... <laughs> what? <Who>? what? <laughs> uh, yes. And I think it, it's a nice respite in the storm of <laughs> this year. The, this dumpster fire of a year. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's good. We need but it. But on a positive note, I am very excited for everything that's coming forward. I'm happy that I get to do this with you every week. This is same. Just so much fun, and I, uh, you know, like we we talk over each other and interrupt each other. And I don't know from external viewpoint if it sounds like <laughs> we're stepping on each other, but it's like just two friends who will literally talk over each other, and yet still get the information out and have fun. So, yep, that's what we do. Yep. Well, live long and prosper, and we will see you next week. Infinite Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.